Hi, this is Joseph Arthur. Thanks for checking out Come to Where I'm From. Please support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash come to where I'm from. We are an independent podcast, and any contributions you can make are greatly appreciated. Nicotine. House of Addictions. Are you ready to start, Mr. Arthur? Ready as our L- This is episode be. 120. Thank you. S- Miss, Mrs. Sarah Talamanche. Talamash. Talamash. Ta- to me, it's there's an N in there somewhere and sure. there isn't. And it's Talamanche, like Don Quixote. Yeah. I just let people go wild with it. Yeah. yeah. It, it is hard to pronounce. You got to give me that. <laughs> What's the origin of that name? It's Scottish, but I, I think it's when the Normans raided Scotland, so it has a French influence that's cool yeah so you're scottish yeah one side or uh, fully scottish actually or? fully because my mom's main wow. name is gorlay and she's from the same region huh what is and that glasgow or um god i'm not even sure to be honest because i have scottish roots okay yeah arthur that's yeah, the, yeah. my last name comes from uh william arthur from glasgow <laughs> Glasgow fuck. Yeah, well, we have family that's from Ipswich. He isn't a thug, by the mm, way. Yeah. My family, <laughs> I could just see, like, not a thug, but yeah. that name Ipswich. Ips, yeah. Well, Where's Ipswich? Eng- England and like kind of East Anglia, uh-huh. Cambridge area. Yeah. Do you visit there? No, I I went to Wales last year, and then I lived in Cambridge for a brief moment. But I, it's not like I'm like going there to get to my roots no but i do enjoy it yeah yeah how often have you I've, there's good like comedy scene in like edinburgh there's like an edinburgh comedy festival yeah right? that one's huge yeah never done it it always seems like a lot of work that i'm like never mind i feel you <laughs> well like, it's not only i'm the, out yeah it like, requires work i'm out <laughs> well it's like no you have to like have an hour and then not only that you have to be a great business person Ugh. or it's just you're losing money wait i gotta leave the house for this being yeah. an artist is so hard it's isn't brutal. it it's so brutal if people knew yeah that's why you should get into cryptocurrency. Absolutely. But now <laughs> yeah, you're apparently evil for that because of all like the warehouses that they have to create and energy sources that, um, to create the Bitcoin from going. There's always some party pooper <laughs> out there. <laughs> it's right here. Oh, no. Did you know about this? I don't want to hear about it. I finally found financial freedom. <laughs> hey, do whatever makes you happy. So it's evil, huh? Because yeah. of the gas fees or because of the gas or... The, yeah, the energy that goes into, you know... Into what? The hard drives to keep it going. Oh, the server farm. Yeah. So it's, gonna be, so it's becoming politically incorrect to be into cryptocurrency. Yeah, but that goes for the entire <laughs> oh, internet. man. But who knows? It's not it, just crypto. The yeah, yeah. Servers, Amazon, everybody. Like, Everything. Yeah. 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 Do, you, do you have uh, siblings? I have three siblings. Oh, really? Two brothers and one sister. That's awesome. Yeah. What about yourself? I have a sister. Oh, nice. And a half brother I never met. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I've met all my family members. <laughs> that you know of. I that I know of, yeah. I haven't met all of mine. Oh. But I'm from, I'm from Ohio, so. Yeah. It makes sense. Does it? I don't know. Yeah. It's just a lie. <laughs> 
<laughs> what do your What do your siblings do, and like what What is the pecking order? Um, I have an older brother, and I'm pretty sure he's a day trader. So he's into cryptocurrency. He's into cryptocurrencies. He knows t- all the stuff. Yeah, you better game tell him. stops and stonks and yeah. <laughs> and then I'm I'm the second oldest, and then my I have a sister that's 16 months younger than I am, and she's a data analyst. Mm-hmm. And then I have a my brother, uh, younger brother, youngest, and uh, I don't know exactly what he does. He's in advertising, so right now he's working for travel blogs. Mm. Yeah. That's cool. As uh, who's the black sheep? <laughs> I would have to say probably myself. I think you I are. Say, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I mean, you just described three, like you know, yeah, top day trader, this, this, yeah. That. yeah. <laughs> what yeah. did your parents do? My mom was a stay-at-home mom for years, and then when she was ready, she wanted to go back to school. So then she became. Uh, she works IT for a funeral home company. Mm. And then my dad was. There's got to be a bit in that. Yeah, right? I don't know. Uh, I don't. That's you know when you're a kid, you're like I. Usually, a lot of times, I'm like I didn't know what my parents. Did. Like my dad was in mergers and acquisitions, and I still couldn't really tell you what that is. Yeah, I, I have no idea what that is. Yeah, I'm assuming it's the middleman for when deals between two companies. Yeah, yeah. it sounds like a pimp to me. Mergers and acquisitions. Yeah, yeah. Because people merge and then he acquires. Yes. He works both. He's like a manager or an agent, meaning right. like he knows all these companies. Like somebody's like, I would like to get a, a company that specializes in machine parts, like casters that are in the that have a revenue of five million dollars. And he'd be like, OK, he has a database and he knows relationships. So he m- makes those things happen and gets a percentage of the deal. Huh. That's cool. Yeah. It's very similar to comedy. He and I, you know, where you're just like waiting for a deal to happen. Then like big thing. Yeah. 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 You got to wait for fate to come in and sort of give you a boost. Yeah. Like yeah. you're, you're not, you have to make the money happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Manifest. Yes. How did you get into comedy? Um, well, I think early on my, when my parents moved to Texas or the States, HBO was just coming up and Mm -hmm. you know they were from south africa and censorship and they didn't really care about that stuff and i just or they were unaware of the kind of content that i was watching and hbo specials were huge and then uh you could rent specials so my dad loved we just like comedy and i just thought it was a cool thing and then i think i i don't know started trying to write jokes so your dad responded to comedy and you saw that and maybe that was the seed. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I've talked about that with my therapist. I think that our, our value or monetary is if you could get your parents to laugh, that was a good yeah. sign. Yeah. 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 We, yeah. Like the Leonard Cohen line, we're leaning out for love. We'll lean that way forever. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's true, though. It is true, right? Yeah. I feel like every decision I make is like, will my mom like this? Right. And most times, no. And I don't know why I keep <laughs> failing her. <clears throat> yeah, I took that from the... I was listening to the episode you did with uh, your awesome husband, Joe yeah. List. And uh, yeah, you were talking about it's harder for you to get your mom's approval than your dad. Yeah, my mom has this thing of just if she wants to compliment you, she'll do it through other siblings. Mm-hmm. So I have to relay what she says about them to them. 
positive and then vice versa. Right. Yeah. I mean, she's there, but she's not willing, you know, like, she doesn't give it out forthright, I guess. I guess that's good, though. That make that you then that kind of creates the engine for you to go out there and go through all the things you have to do to to make it in this world. Yeah, I guess it's a fuel, but it's also like a miserable existence to have like every decision based on like, is she going to like it? Right. Or will she approve? Not, And that's not a way that I think she carries herself, but I think that's what I've interpreted. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's the process of individuation where you have to finally let all that go. Yes. But it's difficult. Are you yeah, like that, Joe? Am I like that? With your parents' approval. It's cute. I, I'm, I never uh, thought about it. I feel like I individuated over the last few years, finally, at but the ripe age you, of you 46. You know, like <laughs> yes. I finally, like, actually individuated. And it was through hardship and not a nice thing on the surface. But at this point now with my parents, I have a very nice connection with them that's based on at least in my world mutual respect and equality and i'm individuated to the level where if that doesn't line up with their world that's their problem yeah yeah you know (laughs) as long as you're like murdering or doing awful things right yeah you're like that's their issue not mine right yeah coming i mean i don't know if there's any other kind of family than a dysfunctional family no, I know. Everyone I talked to is always like, oh, my family is dysfunctional. I was like, there's levels of it, but it, I levels. definitely feel like everybody's family has like problems. Issues. I haven't yeah. heard of, I haven't met anybody that doesn't have that. No, but have you ever met someone that you're, you're like, when you hang out with them, you're like, your parents really showed you the right <laughs> amount of love. love. Yeah. Love. Yeah, like, there is some well adjusted. <laughs> yes. The well Very few. Yeah, there's yeah. few of them, but yeah. And I always wonder, like, if below the surface, if they're actually more fucked up than everybody else, but probably not. There's yeah. Prob- I mean, I'm only going, this is what I'm getting of my feeling when I'm hanging out with them in a long-term period, but I'm not digging deep, so I'm sure there's, yeah, yeah some level. Right. Yeah. What do, what do they think about what you do now? Um, I have no idea. I actually think my mom hates stand-up. I think she thinks a lot of it is misogynist. And, like, I I remember one time I had a situation that, like, you know, I would put it at best as, like, an office sexual harassment. It wasn't, like, an abuse situation. And she was just like, I don't know why you do comedy. I just find it so misogynist and, like... Uh, I mean... Which I felt was kind of unfair. I was like, well, isn't this just like in any business? Right. There's always some kind of turmoil that someone's dealing with. I'm like this. I mean, it's it's an annoying comedy. I feel the male comics drive it, but it is comedy. Drive it to a place where someone who doesn't have a sense of humor will see it as all misogynistic. Yeah. And sometimes it's like, I don't know, throwing out that term sometimes for anything like because she was talking about a comic that we saw that I think is clean and I wouldn't necessarily consider him misogynist, but he, she was like, he just talked about his wife the whole time. And I'm like, well, isn't that what life is? Like, 
I talk about my husband a lot. I don't know. Is that misandry? What is it called? Misandry or whatever? Misandry? (laughs) Don't look it up. The opposite of misogynist. (laughs) I'll look it up. (laughs) That I was like, isn't that just talking about life experiences? And I don't throw him under the bus. He definitely knows what stuff I'm talking about before I do it. Right. So I, I, I thought that was just like an unfair term to throw at somebody. Yeah, it sounds it sounds kind of like uh hmm Misandry. Sounds like bad parenting. Yeah. Just well, to put a too harsh a point on it, I guess, but Yeah. Well, I, wouldn't, I don't know. I don't want to categorize. I don't think my mom's like. I don't want to throw your mom yeah, under yeah. the bus. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, no, I'm just like trying to defend her because it's hard because she's not here to that's like Stockholm, talk about her that's stuff. That's Stockholm syndrome. I know. <laughs> 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 True. <No. Yeah. laughs> I mean, it just, uh, yeah. It's but, like, like. Isn't comedy like that sometimes? Like, don't you? I find that there's a lot of stuff that I want to talk about, but like I can't because it's not fair for, it's not fair for that person because they haven't stated their side yeah especially if it's like personal stuff in their life right like i definitely wouldn't talk about my sibling's personal life on stage Hmm. but on a podcast not even (laughs) not even like in a disguised kind of way like as not the sibling but still tell the story that you found humor in i guess i could but they pay attention to my act enough that they're not dumb right (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, once you do cross those lines, then it's like, I feel like sometimes crossing those lines does lead to individuation because there will be a falling out, but eventually everyone will come back around and then there'll be more space within the relationship to be more real, I think. True. I think I know what you're saying. Yeah. I don't know. I, it's my right to speak up of how I feel about a relationship. Right. Um, I guess in a way it's hard because if I've never addressed it with that person and then I bring it up on stage, then they're like, well, where is this coming from? Well, that's a good way to open up the conversation. <laughs> yes, that's true. Is it the right way? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's the right way. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, I just think that's like the sort of the place of art and comedy and stuff. Yeah, just in general. I mean, songwriters do it all the time. Yeah, I was going to ask I, you, I, parallel. I've, d- I've you done it a lot. I've, I've done it a lot. And uh, I feel like my family has been pretty cool about it. Yeah. Uh, overall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? An album called The Family? There was one album they asked me not, or like they actively asked me to change certain things. like, And then I didn't. And yeah. it did cause a falling out. I don't, well, uh, sometimes you're just like, well, if you did, if they did the bad thing and it's right, like, right, then that's their problem. Don't you think? You know, I, cause I, I remember I would, there was a relationship that I had years ago that I brought in to my act and it was like, I think they had problems that I did it, but then I was like, Hey, but if you weren't doing those things, then I wouldn't be talking about it on stage. Yeah. Yeah. And how did they. How did it go from there? Well, we broke up Haven't horrifically. Spoken no, yeah, yeah, we've fallen out for sure. Right. And I don't think his family appreciated it either. Huh. And it never it's not like I even managed to get it on TV. Right. <laughs> I just remember a sister one time was like, Wow, you sure have a lot of stuff about my brother. Hmm. And I was like, Well, if he didn't do so much fucked up shit. What was the crux of it? Well, I think neglect. I remember 
the whole six years that we went out, he never really got me a, a present. And I remember one time we were, it was Christmas shopping and he was like, why don't you just pick out something here and I'll pay for it at the cash register. Which to me, I was like, well, why don't I just get a receipt out of my wallet and you can just give me cash for it? Like <laughs> That just doesn't seem like a thoughtful idea oh, and like shit. what's I'm in trouble that's the bare minimum yeah that's you that's, just un, that's uninspired yeah yeah <laughs> so i put it as in a bid and i felt like that was fair game and then i've had i, I think, think that's that's okay especially if you're making humor out of it yeah but then i talked about he had what i would consider porn addiction which really irritated me and I remember, I don't think that, I think that's the area that his sister was like, Yeah, that's more, se- that's more sensitive. <laughs> Unless he's open putting on a, Putting on some, someone's wasn't. porn addiction on blast. Yeah, yeah. Somebody really needs to be ready for that to be exposed, <laughs> yes. I feel like. Yes. But it was yeah. a great joke. What was, or, I really what was the liked joke? it. Well, um, it was basically, it was just like finding his porn and just like being annoyed with it, but trying to make the best out of it. And then I would take a photo that I didn't like and then I just take it to my hairdresser and act completely oblivious that there's a horrible blowjob scene going on but I'd be like I really like her haircut in this <laughs> that's a good premise yeah can you make me look yeah, like I, her yeah, that's funny <laughs> so it's like not I mean, that's, directed a to a porn hair salon yeah. where you have all the porn stars yeah. On, yeah. on the wall that's a good joke cut. so I was like I you Sometimes it's really hard. You're like, God, the joke is so like I really like it and I'm happy it's with a really it. Really good one. That I'm willing to step a boundary. I think. I don't know. And that was safe to me in my. But you know, just like look on social media. If you even use a word, then you're not even using the word in the way that's derogatory, but using it as a definition. People like fucking freak out. So it's you, all like nuance. Mean? I don't know. Just like I'm trying to think of an example because I don't even want, you know, you don't want to say anything. Well, let's just say like, what is that? That basketball player got in trouble for saying a Jewish slur was his name Myers Leonard on the Miami Heat. Never heard this. Did I, you hear this? As a Jew, I'm not aware. I couldn't. <laughs> no. You should be aware. <laughs> I don't, I don't, that goes over my head. You're a Jew. <laughs> Defend your people. Myers Leonard. I'll look <laughs> but like, I didn't know what the word was and nobody would put it in context in writing. And I think because they're worried about getting canceled even in the context of writing. I can't repeat it. You can't repeat it. And I just feel like... That's crazy. You know, even when you're not being like vicious about, but you're talking about the situation, people still don't like that anyway. Mm. So, you know, I, I don't know. What I like about the whole porn addiction joke is to me, when somebody's making comedy of something like that, it's, it's also... I think like to me, if if I was the boyfriend, I would read it as a form of acceptance and even some kind of forgiveness coming from you in that you've tran- transferred it or sort of alchemized it into something great. Yeah. Well, so, I, I don't and, think he ever took it that way. And I would also be aware that I have a porn addiction that I need to work on <laughs> and that we're all flawed and we've all been there. You know, we've all had porn addictions, you know? Yeah. She's right, I mean, though, because when they quote what this guy said, they're not saying it. Nobody like, says I, it. I, I, there's like it says. That's great. That's, says, over the, that's too and much. And he said F blank, 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 G. So fucking cowards don't. F blank 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 G don't fucking I assume snipe me at yeah, you. Yeah, playing a video game. And then it's F blank 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 G, and now is the slur. It says K. Okay. And there's one, two, three deduce. lines, and then 
another word B and four lines. So I don't know what is yeah. this like a hangman? Like that's, I don't know what it is. <laughs> what did he say? That's funny. Well, don't you? Because you have like what curiosity. The context. Well, nobody knows. The context yeah. you know? is not clear. I I'm like, assuming. I only you can, know oh, one. Well, you can't say I won't it. say I'll, it. I'll say it because I'm Jewish. Uh, you fucking kid. I don't I know. Think what it's starts the K- with a K? K- K-I-K-E. Kike? Yeah, That's, yeah. It's so I didn't, silly that it's spelling I didn't, it. I, I didn't say it. that. I said it. Is that something that describes Ehud, Jews? who's a Jew, said it. I thought that was a, a Jewish racial uh, I thought that was slur. like an Italian racial thing. No. No. Okay, so let's say it's that You're word. You're a that, Jew and you that, don't even know oh, that? Oh, wait. So is the is the, is the letter with the B then ba- bass? No, B. Think about how many times you could have been offended in this world. What starts with a B and has four letters after that? That's what the Bitch. Last, bitch? Oh, yeah. Okay. It, you, but I wouldn't be a fan. I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm, be- I'm what I've sensitive. learned is I'm better at hangman than you. Right. That's yeah. terrible. <laughs> I'm like way hangman. better. I'm like, we should be playing more hangman for money. I think like, I would never partake. I, <laughs> that's easy. Money. Know your limitations. Yeah. yeah. But it's true. I, I, I guess. Yeah. But don't like just out of curiosity. You're like, God, I would like to know because you, you, there's something in your mind. You're like, well, what if I'm saying it and I have no idea I'm saying a racial right. slur? Mm. Just out of like knowledge, I think. But I'm just saying that like even mentioning something lightly can still like be a, a cancelable harsh, offense. A harsh thing, even in personal relationships in public forum, I think. Yeah, the thing is with canceling everything is like after a certain point. You cancel, cancel culture will cancel itself. If everyone gets canceled, yeah. it will no longer hold any cancel weight. Yeah, it's, it's like, only good if you're like alone and you've been ostracized and you're. But now, if there's going to be like thousands of people that are also alone and ostracized, they'll go and make their own new group. Yeah, and that happens. And then they won't be ostracized anymore. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Herd immunity. Herd immunity for yeah. cancel culture. <laughs> yeah. I think we're Eventually, fast approaching yeah. it. When they get to 70%. Well, I right. was saying that like a lot of it, it's weird. All you have to do is just close your computer and it's not even happening to you. That's mm. true. I think about that. And sometimes. you can just walk away and I'm sh- pretty sure it'll die down. Is this, I mean, talking about like, I'm not talking about like the Chris D'Elia one is a weird offense because yeah. it's like. And li- elic- what was it? Eliciting is it what the- is that the word? A minor um, soliciting. Soliciting, yeah. Uh, images from a minor, uh, where you're like, well, that's a little bit different. That's actually an illegal offense. But yeah. I feel like, you know, freedom of speech kind of stuff, or like yeah. if you said something that's unfavorable or an unpopular opinion, I feel like you could just close your computer and just walk away for four days, and I think we'll move on from the to the next thing. Mm-hmm. I know, I think about that. Like, if that ever happened to me, I think I would just go into my, like, super monk mode and just become <laughs> yeah. a meditator and just go all spiritual. I know, sometimes I'm like, I w- wish I could get canceled so I could have a peaceful life. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just give up this showbiz lark. Unplug. Yeah, just, like, create for yourself and, yeah. like, make your own thing. I mean, I say that and it sounds, it also sounds awful to be canceled but i i was talking about this like i remember eliza schlesinger said something that really pissed off a lot of female comics a few years and she was on vacation when it happened and i was like god this sucks that uh she's allowed to have her opinion but she has no idea everyone's just like ripping her apart online and her vacation got ruined oh really yeah because she checked it out because she checked if she just waited like a few more days 
She but could that's have had also a really part nice of the time. addiction on her end that she yeah, has yeah, to yeah. post on vacation. A Google alert probably like, happened. Unplug. Mm. Take yeah. yourself out of it every now and then. It's okay. Absolutely. Do you have Google alerts for your name? No. I do not. I know. No. That's a lot of not that anyone's do. talking about yeah. me, but still, I I'm just not in don't. a position. Better not to know. Every to now and honest. then, I'll, I'll see if it's on. If I come up on a Reddit chat board or something, I don't know how to access Reddit. I, you know, honestly, like it's I don't so know difficult either. To me. It, is yeah. a, it is a weird world. The I was Reddit. Like, where thing. do you search on Reddit? Yeah, it's always like, do you want to go in the app or do you want to just keep staying on Safari, <laughs> bro? What's up? I'm not, I usually just keep Who on use Safari. Safari yeah. Oops, did I just call myself out? Yeah. Safari racist. <laughs> oh no. So, when did you decide? Like, did you ever go to college or were like when did you start performing? as a comedian um sorry i uh <laughs> i went to a lot of colleges <laughs> i didn't know what i wanted to do and then also i just had like a drug and alcohol problem so it was hard for me as soon as the first project came onto the syllabus and we're nearing it i would just drop the class mm. um so i went to kingwood community college i went to hcc houston community college i took ucla extension classes and then Finally, I managed to get my shit together and just complete a two-year degree at the Art Institute of Houston in multimedia and web design. And then now I'm like taking courses again. Mm, that's awesome. Yeah. A so like during pandemic. Yeah, I'm going to try to get a bachelor's. In what? You know, as stupid as, as it sounds, but I'm like, I'm on my phone all the time. I always study like what's algorithms and like how to get your shit pushed up. That I was like, I might as well just be a social media manager. And you can do that mm. anywhere and you can work for yourself. That's cool. And We'd hire you for, yeah. for this podcast. Yeah. Thank you. We need yeah. you. And you could blow <laughs> up your own, you your own your social degree. media stuff. So yeah. it works in tandem with what, what you're... Yeah, and I felt like it would uh, complement my other degree. of Because I know how to like edit video and audio and all that stuff. That's cool. Yeah. Do you have a YouTube channel? I do. Do you post on it? I do. What do you? What kind of stuff? I've been. Uh, so I have. I started the at home film festival in the beginning of the pandemic, <laughs> just as a goal to create sketches or films once a month. So I usually put those videos up, and then um, I put my album up, and then now I taped my special or my album last year, but there was. A decent camera there and i have it edited right now and so i'm going to put my own special up on youtube in like a few weeks that's cool that's the new that's the sort of the new netflix i feel like or that's what people are doing now and blowing, yeah. blowing up well i'm like why wait around for somebody to say you get to do this when you right. can just create your own body because i'm just tired of waiting right your and husband put his on youtube didn't he yeah but it was through comedy central oh, digital okay. but it definitely set up the stage for him to get more subscribers to his own personal and i think going forward i think most and of us Mark are going to go that way. Mark Norman put his on YouTube and Jared Freed, I saw, just put his up yeah. on YouTube. Well, I just feel like the spots for like specials online, it does feel like there's a lot of streaming services, but there's still not a lot of spots to give to everybody. So why wait? No reason at all. Have a body of work. And then I feel like if you keep doing it, like maybe eventually they'll give you something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I want to ga engage in YouTube more. Yeah. You know, start making vlogs or whatever. I like uh, Casey Neistat. 
Oh, I don't even know who that is. Oh, I'm so out of it. He's for such like... a great. He's like a YouTube legend. He's, he's like a, he's been doing it for years. His vlogs are so high quality. There, you should check them out. Yeah. Do you guys put this on YouTube? It's addictive. Yeah. Yeah. Available on YouTube yeah. and <laughs> in <point>. audio <laughs> format on all podcast. Like platforms. and subscribe. Like yeah. and subscribe. You glossed right over college and drug and put alcohol the addiction. To, by we're, the go, way. we're going back there. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what did she just we're say? We're going to the strip club. <laughs> we're going to fucking shamrock shakes made out of uh, cream cheese. Oh, yeah. And SAT scores. I know you did terrible on it. Off. I did the same. I had the same score as you. Did you? I listened to your thing today. You said you got like a 980. Yeah, twice. I didn't break a thousand either. No, and I I wasn't. I was in the honors <laughs> did you classes study? too. Oh, hell no. I, I showed up oh, wasted. Yeah. I, like it was like a Saturday thing. Oh, and yeah. Early in the morning. Stoned. Yeah. I was like, I did not give it a good effort. No. Also, I don't know. I, I just don't. the Because you'd have to read like. Three pages about ragtime jazz. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> what? I don't. I can't really? even remember the that nightmare. Yeah, like you're like this is so boring. Like, give me a tabloid, yeah. and I will remember every information I need to know. I was in AP classes too. I w I was. I had a weird thing with English. I was like always in the sort of remedial classes, and then at one point, like in eighth grade. They took me out in the hall and they said, hey, we're moving you to a different class. And then all of a sudden I was in an AP class. I yeah. guess I wrote a paper they liked. And then what's AP <clears throat> means advanced placement. You can uh, get out of college um, courses. Yeah. So it's like yeah. the highest. So I went from the lowest to the highest. And so like in in high school, that's like a, a caste system. Like so when you're in the lowest, you're kind of like one of the morons. And all oh. of a sudden I'm like sitting around all the smart people and they're like, Hey, what are you doing here? And then like the AP <laughs> English class teacher who was like teacher of the year, he had like, you know, they would make movies about <laughs> yeah. like that kind of teachers. They speak in old English for fun. Well, like, captain, like, my captain. A, cir <laughs> a circle guest, a circle desk situation. And he told me, you'll never be college material. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. He totally discouraged me. Oh I think God. school is, can be really bad for a lot of students. Yeah. I also think 980, like taking an SAT class and then our like test and getting that low of a score. I basically just found out I was borderline down syndrome. That's what it felt like. And <laughs> I then think that's what I am. Yeah. And then after that, you're like, well, what's the point of even trying if I'm just that like a, a dumb idiot? I hate tests. Yeah. Don't believe in them. They, they really limit you and what you feel like you can do in your self-confidence. I have a 10 year old who now takes tests and because I'm so against tests and when I was in school, I hated them. I never studied. I got 30, 40, never cared, didn't give a fuck. And I always tell a Carmen, go in there, do your best. If you get five out of 10, I, I don't care. It's great. Anything. Four yeah. out of 10 is great. So the other day Father she got- Father of the year over The here. other day. No, <laughs> she got, of, she got eight, just, eight out of 10 and you know her mother was a little upset. I was like, oh, at eight out of 10, that's she's awesome, upset. Carmen. It's like- yeah, and, you just want them to show up, yeah, have a good time, but you and be can't likeable. put so much weight on it. And it starts early on where they pressure them, and I was like, that just shows some kid can remember better than others. It doesn't also, mean it doesn't mean those. Also, those kids that do really well on tests have like great work ethics. Right, they end up being like drug addicts. They're like have mental problems later on in life. Like, yeah. I feel like all you need as an adult is just like a pleasant attitude, and that you show up and you don't 
complain all the time. Yeah. And you'll get like promoted. That's true in life. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> so when did you when did you move to New York or how did that whole journey happen? I well, I so as soon as I started the Art Institute of Houston, that's when I discovered like, oh, I could start figuring out how to do stand up and I really really liked it and I felt like I was getting uh rewarded early, like nothing ever has happened like that. Yeah. before you excelled at it yeah and i felt like i found my pe- people like similar like-minded people alcoholics mm-hmm. <laughs> like the breakfast club yeah and <laughs> so i had a really good time and so i finished my degree and then as soon as i was done i um i also uh met a comic who was in la and then we dated for a long time and then i moved out to la and then we broke up and then i came back to houston famous comic Oh, well, he was well known, Henry Phillips. Henry we had, Phillips. We were still friends to this day. Shout out um, Henry. Yeah, Shout out Henry Phillips. A very talented comedian and filmmaker. Um, he he has like Henry's Kitchen online on YouTube. If you ever, it's really funny. Um, okay. so then I moved back, and then I uh was in Houston for probably about eight years, maybe six to eight, and I was in another long-term relationship a lot of my stuff is just based on relationships for a while right (laughs) and then i was going we were engaged this was like the porn guy um Uh, somewhat it was no no ring and late at night after being drunk and then i was like and i thought that's what i wanted and then i was i got panicky and i was like well before we get engaged can i at least try the new york thing Comedy, because I felt like if I got married, I would just be in Houston and just become like an alcoholic the whole time. And then I moved to New York, and then after, shortly after, our relationship just like fell apart. Because he didn't move with you. He didn't move with me, and uh, nor did I think he would. And then I thought that maybe comedy would happen a lot faster for me in New York, but I really it didn't. But I still felt like I really l- was liking my experience here, and I. So I broke it off, and then I stayed in New York, and that was at 08. Mm. Yeah. So you've been here since then? Since then, yeah. That's cool. And did you start, where did you start practicing comedy? I started in Houston, so I was doing that. Um, no, I mean in New York, though. Oh, in New York. Like I think the clubs? first. I think every person, especially around that era, like you would just Google, and it would be Bad Slava, and I think the first place was the creek in the cave oh long island city yeah because it's it was gone. also near astoria yeah mm. so i would just go there and then if they had mo- mics every night twice like five and then i think again at 11 o'clock at night who were your heroes or who were you emulating or what were your influences i don't know i i think like at the time before then it was like i really adored sarah silverman yeah and i loved maria bamford but then I also, you know, I started meeting a lot of comics here in the city. And I really like Joe List. Yeah. <laughs> Nate Bergazzi. That guy. Again. And, uh, you know, David Tell. But I knew he, he would always come through Houston a Love lot. and was Dave. friends with a lot of the Houston comics as well. And always very nice to be around. Um, but a lot of the cellar comics. Right. Yeah. And I remember going to the cellar and that was when I realized nobody's drinking at the cellar like they would at the Houston Laugh Stop. And I kind of was starting to realize like, oh, in order to get really good at, be good here, you don't 
fuck around. Right. Yeah. Like, cause in Houston, you, you would just do, do the mic once a week, maybe another one somewhere nearby. And then if you got on the monthly showcase show, the, we had it brassy broads, which was the all female showcase. And then the guys was black and blue. And then if you did well there, then maybe once every few months, you got to MC or feature for the headliner that came through. So you weren't going up a lot. Right. But I just assumed that's what you did. Yeah. So when I came here, I just realized, oh, you not only go up once a night, you go up several times a night and you go up as much as you can. And so that changed a whole bunch of stuff. And what did it change for you? Oh, I realized like, I probably should quit drinking and I had a drinking problem because I kept, you know, I would be hung over and then cancel my only spot for the week. Right. Um, stuff like that. And I knew my drinking was a problem any, before I moved because when I moved up here, I remember being like looking at Craigslist and realizing I'm going to live with roommates that don't know me. And I was like, how am I going to hide <laughs> my alcoholism? You yeah. find other yeah. alcoholic roommates to yeah. join with. <laughs> Yeah, that and I are did. worse than you. Yes, <laughs> then which I eventually I did find when I moved here, but that I just remember those were my thoughts that I would have that I knew that I had a problem. Yeah, did you do you have that addiction in your family? Does it like it's usually an allergy that I guess is uh, hereditary? Yeah, my um my grandfather had it, and he eventually committed suicide because of it later on in life which was like depression um and then i think a lot of our addiction like i got the drinking addiction but i think other people not just in my immediate family have it in other ways like food or shopping or i don't know working out i think yeah yeah i was just looking at a video about resetting my dopamine because (laughs) it's like there's so many dopamine options now, especially just even like zoning out on YouTube all the time. Even when you're oh, like yeah. watching self-help YouTube things yeah, and you yeah. just sit there and watch self-help YouTube things and you can really convince yourself that you're doing something and like then there goes the day and you didn't do anything. Oh, that's my problem now. And that's with like my TikTok problem. where you're like, I didn't do shit today. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's weird. Yeah. I, I'm I'm going to try to do a dopamine reset. Yeah, I do. Um, I allow myself to have like one hour on TikTok a day and then I don't look at it before I go to bed. Right. Yeah. Are you posting on it as well? I try to. Yeah. But, you know, having that feeling of having to constantly create content is not my jam. I know it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's so it's tiring. I read Kim Gordon's biography, autobiography mm-hmm. from Sonic Youth. And I know who she is. Yeah, she had a statement in there that I really related to. She's like, the thing they never tell you about an artist's life is that you're always working. Yeah, it's the hardest working thing you can possibly do. You're always creating. If you're yeah. not putting something up, you're also thinking about it nonstop. Like, what else can I do? What else can I do? And it's tiring. Yeah. Yeah. Today I did like a, a, my the Akron station. I'm from Ohio, and they did like they're doing like one artist of the day every day, and it was me today. And so I just got to do like a repost. And yeah. I was like, ah, oh, thank God. That's my post done. And it's just done for me. I know. Thank you. Yeah. I saw you that. Know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I was so Mazel happy. Tov, uh, the thank artist you. of the day. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? That's fine. Because I, I got the anthology of 
Nora Ephron, and she uses the same themes over and over again. Like what? Food, relationship. She had similar jokes and observations in one story or like a a newspaper article, and then I would later see it in When Harry Met Sally. That, And then just think of like people like Jim Gaffigan, like... Yeah, food. they have this. Yeah, food, religion. I like him. Yeah, and he's oh, funny. I'm not dogging. I'm just D- saying no, no, that there, a lot of artists. I just have... I rediscovered him during yeah. the pandemic. I never yeah. thought he was great. Oh, and awesome. during the pandemic, no, he posted a video a day. Yeah. And I started watching. I was like, man, he is funny. Yeah. I, I really have a, a new appreciation for him. Yeah, yeah he's I think, like comfort food. I think what you're saying is just don't be so hard on yourself. Yes. Allow yes. yourself to go ahead and repeat and. People appreciate that anyway, I think. Yeah. It, the other one, too, is like I think about even the great, let's just take the greatest filmmakers. You look at their IMDb and out of 40 films, I think they have four greats. Right. That you're like, you just have to cre- create and not be so hard on yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, like in baseball, if you get a base hit, like three out of every... 10 times you're at bat you're like considered an all-time great yeah (laughs) so if you put that same sort of uh metric on art and expression it's easier yeah you always feel like anytime you see people you're like oh it looks like they're killing it all the time but like not really right yeah it's a lot of failure in all this yeah yeah actually it's mostly failure it is (laughs) a lot of times don't be afraid to fail So when did you, so did you start going to meetings in New York or something like that? Or, or are we not allowed to talk about that? Yeah, I did 12 step okay. and I still do 12 step. And yeah. I think it, for me, it's one of the few things that has worked for me. And uh, I highly encourage it if anyone's dealing with it, but there's other, I think there's other ways too. Yeah. Yeah. Did you go to Perry Street? Yeah. I love Perry Street. <laughs> It's my favorite. It was a good one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if all the places to get sober, you do it in New York, they have a meeting almost 24-7. Well, they used to. Yeah. Oh, well, that's true. But there's Zooms. Do you do the Zoom ones? I do Zooms. Okay. Yeah. I need to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I should probably do that. You haven't been doing anything in nothing, the last year or so? Nothing like that. Wow. Well, I know in the beginning I was like, oh, I don't know. If I was like, if I can't even make a Zoom meeting, right? then I'm not really working my program so you were so you got sober what year did you get sober i got sober in uh 2009 so i I spent a whole year enjoying doing new york yeah yeah what's great about that sobriety thing is like once you get on it and it's like that like kind of does reset the whole thing towards like hey if i got so if i was stayed sober today it was a successful day yeah you can keep it really simple yeah yeah that's all you need to do that is yeah. yeah how did you get into um becoming a stripper <laughs> well that was like drug and alcohol induced, induced. well because that was like a job what i was told first of all houston's one of i don't know if it still is but it has like yeah, one of the of highest strip clubs. strip clubs per capita that and, Flynn, and portland and, uh, what's the city in florida damn it oh like tampa. west palm beach or oh, tampa one of those yeah. yeah and so i thought what you're told or what you hear from people that you know that do it is that it's so easy and you're going to be making so much money. And that, I was like, I think I could do that. And also I was just like on rehibinals or roofies and like just getting fucked up. Um, 
So I really thought like, oh, great. I'd rather I could do that for one night and make 800 for that week. And then I, I don't know what else I thought I was doing. It wasn't like I had this busy schedule back then. But it's not. You have to be like a really amazing salesperson right. for yourself. It's charm. You're not making money on the stage. You're making it by doing lap dances because it's $20 per song. Right. So, and you want to create like a clientele. You want, a, and I just wasn't. <laughs> was what was not, your stage name? I think it was Chloe. Yeah. Um. There, I only wear, I think it was like at two clubs and like, you know, you welcome you, Chloe to yeah. the stage. <laughs> <laughs> welcome Chloe to the Why Panther Chloe? Stage. Did they make I you pick one? No, I think you end up like just choosing what you were going to name your baby or something. Or, you know, <laughs> your or, unborn like, child. Your unborn child. I don't know. I I don't know why we went with that. Uh, and then it just wasn't. It was just like depressing, and I don't really think it's that great of an industry. It's not empowering. I. Yeah, it's a, and also for the girls that do make money, it's really hard for them to get out, and then you cap out at a certain age, and you you have no resume. Right, and you're addicted to a bunch of shit. Yeah, probably. yeah. You were talking about finding coke on the floors all and the stuff time. Like, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's. I mean, it's so prevalent in all of those places. Yeah, it yeah. feel it fuels that kind of behavior. Yeah, it helps numb the shit that you're doing and I mean it's not great like you have guys that treat you like shit there are a few that were really nice but there'd be guys that like would try to embarrass you or pull the chair out from underneath you and be funny and amongst their, all their friends it's like very demeaning god that sucks it is yeah that's yeah. bad imagine playing a show like that Poppy and oh kick god. your chair unplug your guitar that would not go well no yeah, yeah so I, I just was like it, it just it's not I just wasn't made for it. I don't have the personality. It's emotionally for it. draining too, but maybe you weren't aware of that on drugs. No, I wasn't. No, I wasn't aware of that. I mean, I think about that too. Of like, you know, when you hear about an escort world of the girlfriend experience, where you're like, you have to act like you're interested and like, oh my god, that's so wow, what an amazing life that you have. Like. It's just too. It's too much. I couldn't do it. Yeah, that's the stripper thing. It may, you know to make you f feel like they're in love with you. Yeah, yeah. and I. That is not anything. Too much work. Too much work. Yeah. How long did that last? Wasn't long. I think it was about on the weekends for about four or five months, and then I had an intervention, and then I lived in Cambridge for a little while, and you would consider that what is that a geo. A location Ge geographical Ge geographical what was the intervention oh um that they knew what i my family knew what i was up to so it was your family that did it yeah how did that go like they said hey you want to come over for dinner <laughs> and then all of a sudden they're all sitting there with like serious looks on their face no you know you're just going in and out and you know most of my family was still living at home at the time and i think uh, my brother and sister-in-law came down for the weekend and i t i popped out met some friends and then i came back in around evening time and everyone was in the living room and you know right you walk in when everyone's in a room yeah. one room you just know that something's is up. it my birthday yeah. <laughs> <laughs> waiting for a surprise <laughs> and, and what did they say <laughs> They were just, well, first of all, I've had friends Sarah, in down. and out. Yeah. And well, I had friends that were in and out of 
rehab growing up and they just real they didn't think it worked. And so they were just like, we just think you have a lot of time on your hands and like, we need to figure out something. And so I, you know, like I got confronted and then I had like a breakdown cause it wasn't any, it, that's not what I wanted to do. Mm. Uh, so I thought maybe moving to another country and just kind of like resetting. But then I moved to a country where the drinking age was 18 and I think that just kicked up alcoholism. Right. Yeah. Uh, Cambridge, UK, not Massachusetts. Yeah. Not oh, Massachusetts. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So you, why'd you pick Cambridge? I had family that lived there and it uh, sounded like cool and it was far away from stuff. And then I thought maybe, I don't know. And then also my mom's English. So I could get citizenship. I could just go to the embassy and set up. I didn't have to deal with like um, a visa and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do in your day to keep your sort of endorphins up? Do you exercise or do anything like that? Yoga or anything like that? I, yeah, I, I do. I used to, I was running a lot and then I got plantar fasciitis. So now I just do yoga. I, same thing happened to me. Yeah. That plantar fasciitis, that <laughs> shit lasts forever. It's, I, I don't get it. Yeah. It won't disappear. I think what it's gone. It? it goes away eventually. It's, um, it feels like I have a, my heel bone is just hitting directly to the cement with no cushion. It hurts. Yeah. Yeah. And it gets really tight. So I find that yoga stretches it and then that it's a pretty decent workout. Yeah. It's yeah. on the bottom of your foot. And only happens from running or it could happen even mostly. If, yeah. Mostly. Yeah. And I think from like concrete running, cause I would run five times a week, sometimes six. Mm. I just love it. Once I, love I find something that I love and it makes me feel good after, then I want to do it no matter how bad an injury. Yeah. Like I will push to the point that I, I like, I shouldn't do this. Has yours healed yet or still not? It's still not. I went, I got a foot massage. Um, I thought that was going to make it better, but it's the, it heals faster than it was beforehand where if I went running, I couldn't walk on it properly for a few days, but now it's fine. It's just lightly painful. Yeah. Yeah. Yoga is great too. I love yoga. I love yoga. I never, it's always a weird thing because you start it and you're like, I don't want to fucking do this. And then after three flows, you're in it. And then you're like, I'm going to be done soon and I'll feel great. Yeah. Yeah. The endorphins are off the hook. Yeah. That's where addiction works out for you. Like if you can sort of transfer it into something like, you know, people say, oh, yeah, working out's another addiction, but it's a good one. Yeah. What's I don't see the problem. in it. It's only one hour out of my day. Yeah. Yeah. I think my phone is a big addiction. That's huge. I'm trying to wean it and I'm trying to work. What's like the writing? I'll write after yoga for about half an hour and mm. then I find making a video and then I really like editing. Right. Yeah. What do you edit on? Adobe Premiere. Okay. Yeah. It's like sculpting. You come out with a big thing, you you put it down roughly, and then you slowly start shaving off the ends and like creating a story. That's cool. It's I think it's great i'd actually wouldn't mind if i got a job in it i gotta check out your youtube channel oh yeah please do can't believe i haven't already (laughs) don't worry man so how long have you been married um three years i think it'll be four years in august 2017 is when i got married and are you guys gonna have kids well we're talking about it but um i'm old no you're not i'm 42 well okay (laughs) 
it's time. It's time. It's, time. it's my last. <laughs> yeah, it's it, the last sprint. Right. Yeah, yeah. It needs to happen soon. Yeah, you should get on that. Yeah, yeah. But we've but, only started making money relatively to have a kid in the last right. few But years. they come with money. That's that's, that's what, what they I've say. That's what I've heard. They come with their own money. <laughs> they do? Well, that's what they say. And I think, it, I, I think I think it's true. Truth. I think it's true because once it's about to happen for you, you, you sort of step up. You step up, and then I also notice this when I've worked other jobs, like especially particularly in Houston. I always noticed as soon as like somebody got married, they got promoted because I think they're like the job <laughs> is like, oh, they need us, and we have them for a lifetime because they're married. It's also because God favors them now. Yeah, it's yeah. like okay, you're doing what you're supposed to do. Yeah, I'm gonna go yeah. ahead and hook you up. <laughs> it you know. it just it does work out that way. I don't know why, but. Yeah. People tend to help you out in that aspect, I think. So you guys are talking about it. We're talking about it. I think that would be great. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I mean, what a, what a funny kid that will be. Yeah, we'll hope. Yeah. I like the roast battle between you and Joe List. Yeah, that was really fun. A lot of people are like, did that ruin y'all's relationship? I'm like, not even close. Uh, it was light. Right. It was it light. Was light. Oh, no, they, they got it in, though. It was like... I watched it today. It was light. They, they went yeah. in, but... But we knew exactly what people would be like, oh, shit, that we didn't care about. Right. Yeah. I feel he was precious with you and you were less precious with him. Yeah. But we wrote the jokes together and with friends. So nothing was a surprise or right. weird. <laughs> right. And we were like, we're just doing this for the money. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like we're like, we love to just fucking rip each other apart in front of an audience. How did you guys meet? Um, He... As friends with a guy, another comic that I knew from Houston that moved to New York, and then he lived two blocks away from me, and I love convenience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do. I feel like, you. Keep it simple. Proximity. I loved hanging out with him. It was easy. We get along so He was the closest so nice. comic available, yeah. so I got him. Yeah. Well, he checked all the boxes, Yeah. and proximity is a big one for me. <laughs> Checked all the boxes. There's a joke there, but yeah. I gotta be careful with cancel culture. <laughs> like, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are so, those boobs on your shirt? I'm sorry. Yeah. It's just like what is she Isn't like? it? It's distracting. I just when you opened your your coat, I was like, hold on. I thought they were funny. It, they it's are funny. funny. Yeah. I like so it. I, I like it. Yeah. yeah. So you guys met, and then did you? Were you like a fan of his or did you go to the cellar or did, what was that like? I think, well, he was dating somebody and then I had just recently, I got out of a relationship. So we knew each other as friends for about two or three years. Mm -hmm. And then he, when he broke up, he moved two blocks away and then we just started hanging out all the time and yeah. then we would go to shows together. And like a big part of it is like, I just like hanging out with him. I've dated other people before, and the guy that was in the, the six-year relationship, I, I could not tell you what was going on in that guy's mind. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you can be dating somebody, and you're like, I don't even think we're having fun. Like, right. So we could just, like, watch TV and, like, go on trips together, and, like, oh, we always have something to talk about. Yeah, particularly now with all these personality disorders and stuff like that. <laughs> People represent their false self and you don't even know who you're dealing with half yeah. the time. Until it's too late. Yeah. Until it's too late. It's too late, yeah. That's funny. I know. Isn't that funny? All these personality disorders where now you're going back through all your relationships and you're like, oh, that's what 
That's what's yeah. happening there. Yeah, it's funny. I, I got obsessed with all that. And then you start seeing it everywhere. Yeah. And so you have to balance like knowledge of it so you don't get like down a dark rabbit hole. But also, I don't know, you got to live your life too. Yeah, and just kind of like try to be understanding. Because some people can have narcissistic traits, pers- traits but that doesn't necessarily mean they're evil yeah right yeah there's a lot of black and white thinking like when you go down the rabbit hole of npd videos like it's all like they are evil we are good and it's like (laughs) i finally came to the place of stepping away from that a little bit there's there's a lot of shades of gray oh exactly and you just take it what you like and if that person makes you feel uncomfortable then you just don't hang out with them that much do, where do you guys live? We live in Astoria. Oh, okay. Shout out yeah. Astoria. <laughs> I lived cool. there for eight years. Oh, nice. Yeah, loved it's great. It. Loved it. Crescent and 34th Avenue. That's where I lived. Really? By a bodega? Yeah. Me too. A bodega on that's, the corner. Yeah, yeah. That's so Hold weird. on, I was 3438 Crescent Street. <laughs> uh, Unless you God, moved I can't in there after I left. Uh, it was upstairs and I, it was right at the stoplight. Oh, no, I was in the middle of the block. We oh, were on the same block. We are on the same block, yeah. That's I probably crazy. walked by it plenty of times. Love yeah. a story. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, story is so cheap, relatively. It used to be. It still kind of is. And you can come home late, and it's fine. Safe. Yeah. Safe, yeah. And there's a lot of comics, and you're right by the airport, so it just it makes sense. <laughs> Mad convenient. Mad convenient. Again, the convenience. Yes. I am lazy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't believe you. I feel lazy. Yeah. Yeah. So where do you perform mostly in New York now? Is it the cellar? Is that the scene? Or do you... That occasionally. I don't really book there that much. Um, but me, like a lot at New York Comedy Club, I, that's where I taped my album. And um, and then my special on YouTube is from there. Right. And, you know, just all... Where is that? Where anyone will have me. 20... They have one on 25th Street, and there was one on West, uh, I think on 4th Street, but in the East Village. Yeah. Do you guys work on routines together, or do you help each other? Or is it- No, I think our, our I, we laugh at what, together, but I think our process is different, and I think our sensibilities are actually quite different. Like, I, so? I consider Joe, like, a carpenter of comedy, like... He'll he can just take a scenario and make it work and be on stage. And then for me, I feel like I need like a divine intervention, like a gift given to me. Like it's not some I don't sit down and I write. It's usually from conversation or if I'm washing the dishes, something will pop in my head and then I'll write on stage. But it comes to me that way. I'm not like I'm not writing for an hour and being like, oh, wow, I just created five minutes of material. And it doesn't I don't particularly enjoy my material coming out that way because I find it very stiff for me. Right. It's better to make it make it evolve live or something. Yeah. Like a dialogue or or and I just you know like you would be in a conversation. So what's an example of something? What something strikes you as funny, or you just like get a light bulb of inspiration and then explore it? Well, I'll go from. Uh, I'll use an example as like I remember I, I did I bought avocados and I was like somebody had asked me to go do something and I was really seriously thinking about not because I wanted to get home. So, cause I knew they were expiring tonight was probably my last night 
to have it. And I was like, what a we like, how crazy that I'm just thinking like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't make it out tonight. My avocados are expiring. I need to be <laughs> it is there stressful. for them. I have those feelings too. Because <laughs> you're throwing out you money. You buy three, yeah. they're not ripe, and all of a sudden they ripen. Fuck, I got to do Every something Every time you those. buy an avocado, it's a gamble. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You never, and it's and they're like expensive. An, it is, and it's an infuriating process, and you're like, what a dumb thing that I'm just like saying no to life because I got to get home to my avocados. So it's those are the moments that I have and stuff like that or like intrusive thoughts. I love those. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I'll have a thought of like thinking about like, I wonder what it's like to join a cult. And do you think I could get out of it? Like, do you th I have the mental stability to get out of a cult? Like, I like the idea of joining a cult and seeing if I could get in get out of it. Like, is it that hard? Why are people, why is it so hard <laughs> to get out of it? So the, like, just like those kind of thoughts or, Because you know. build your identity on it. Yeah. The dysfunctional <laughs> families operate like cults. Yeah, yeah. You know, the cult leader is your mom. Yeah. Like, <laughs> try to serve her yeah. <laughs> by buying the right couch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. You have you you question whether she would approve of the choice? Yeah, I'm like, because it was like, would my mom like this? Right. Yeah. But your dad's accepting and loving. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. But he enables your mom. I think so. So he's not that innocent. Yeah, yeah. Turns out, <laughs> turns out there's a dark mask. Or there's a darkness behind his dark mask, Lord, too. Sauron. But isn't there, and like, relationships like that, there is the enabler. I'm afraid I'm the enabler. Of Joe? Yeah. Or oh. just of people in general. Like how so? Well, I remember the guy that I was with six years. He also smoked so much pot and I hated it, but I would still buy him a nice bong for his birthday. <laughs> right. Like, wait, what am I doing? Classic enabling. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wanted funny. him to like me or like make the relationship at ease or something. Yeah. What is that? I don't know. It's he like... wasn't the comic, right? No, he wasn't. Okay. No. Is it common for comics to marry comics or it doesn't happen a lot? it happens other than amy schumer and jesselneck were they married or they were just together they were just together but like bonnie and rich um rosebud and andy um steve rogers caitlin palufo chloe Rod i mean i think most people uh, most of them end up with comics it's i mean easier. it is you have like it's just so much easier i don't understand that people are like i don't date comics and i get it but i'm like well, it's really hard to find anybody, so why limit yourself? <laughs> That's true. Yeah, keep it open. Yeah. Yeah. What's the problem with comics? <laughs> it's why is it like any other they're the only ones that'll get what you do. Like you could go out every night and they'll understand. Right. Yeah. How have you been dealing with the pandemic and sort of being sequestered, you know, with Joe or whatever like as opposed to I guess before that, you guys were probably touring separately and doing things or. Yeah, I was doing the road with him quite a bit. Um, and then pandemic happened and we were fine. Like we ended up right before it happened. Our landlord office offered us down a downstairs apartment for a really good deal. So we turned it into an office. Mm. So for about five hours out of the day either one of us goes down there and we work or create and I made it into the yoga studio and nice. Yeah. And then I sit in the office and answer emails and try to write and, you know, podcast or edit. 
Yeah. Did you get any kind of sort of benefits from this period of time? Like, did it evolve you in a certain way? Uh, yeah. I think I realized uh, that for me, stand-up is not working as a business. Right. Meaning, like, I'm not making a profit Yeah. where I'm at. And I'm, like, doing fine. So I realized, like, one of the things I was like, I'm going to stop doing as many spots and kind of work on podcasting and also I'd like to start doing filmmaking and sketch. Yeah. So I was going to do that and then work on my social media numbers and I think those have better benefits than doing a spot every night. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah, the YouTube thing is really smart. Yeah. That, that's definitely something I've been, you know, procrastinating really sort of diving into but i definitely feel like it's it's what i need to get it's also into. a lot of work it's not less work than no, it's spots. a lot of work yeah but i like the skill set that i have i every i like i love telling jokes and i like doing stand-up but i also don't like traveling 45 minutes to do seven minutes to a crowd that doesn't give, give a, a shit fuck, yeah. right or the friday night audience that's just looking at their phone or i'd get a 1 a.m spot and it's just like people sleeping because either they're drunk or just tired from a long day that you're like is this fun it's not fun right that i was like i could just create you can deliver jokes from your couch and get a gauge if it's funny or not from social media and then i could just work it on stage on the road yeah like tim Dillon is like yeah. a, a master of it what he's created this last year yeah i feel like he's a good example of like how that can benefit you right but i don't i, I never want to say that you should do one one way of doing something but i just feel like stand-up doesn't pay yeah and I think there's other avenues that you could look at. And if that those other places blow up, it helps you in the stand-up department. Yeah. How often are you like making something you think is funny, but you edit it out because of you're worried about the cancel situation or freedom of speech leaning on you? I don't so much. I remember going through my Twitter and trying putting in buzzwords and then my handle to see what I had that was problematic. And even the stuff that I was like, oh, I'll just delete that, like, you know, retarded was in there or mm. Puerto Rican or, I mean, this was like during, I would say from 2008, 2013. Was it retarded Puerto Rican? Because that's <laughs> problematic. Man. That is. Problematic. I, I checks all the boxes. In fact, that is cancelable. I mean? Like anything I could think of, like rape jokes and anything that's like. Those are, I did have rape jokes and um, a lot of them just didn't even do well. It's not even like I could stand behind those jokes and All be right. like, oh, come on, that's really great. And so I don't mind doing that. There are moments like I was, I, so I got an appointment for a vaccination, mm -hmm. but I, uh, I'm worried that people are going to think that I jumped the line. Mm -hmm. And it's really, just don't post about it. Well, I did a joke is because like, I'm going, I'm technically a restaurant worker and I did have asthma as a kid and those all, but it's just funny to me, like I'm going in as an asthmatic restaurant worker and I was very kind of <laughs> hesitant about tweeting that as a joke. And, but then I was like, oh, who cares if I'm worried about this and maybe I shouldn't be doing stand up. Well, that's the thing with stand up, especially it's all about like 
turning the turning the story into an outrageous moment. That's where the funny yeah, is. Yeah, teetering so, on the line a little bit or saying something. It's like outrageous. Yeah, yeah you have to. I yeah, I agree. It's weird too because it's like those late night talk shows that got so unfunny recently more because they just became so sort of political and sort of agenda based and then after a while it's like this isn't funny anymore like no we were just watching four white guys just be angry for four years yeah instead of being like irreverent and funny right yeah but it's 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 weird that they continue to do that too but i i get it i mean Corden tried to stay funny yeah and they still had light stuff yeah and they're good at like their online stuff but like also, those guys are there to sell yogurt and hamburgers and, you know, they're those are ad space that they're selling. So they're not in a position to have like strong opinions anymore. No, but and, but it's like also they're all saying the same thing. So then you start realizing like going like, what is this? Like, what are they trying? They're trying to push this narrative. And it, that just seems so. It's boring, boring and not funny and also kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not it gets weird after a while. Like I, I'm almost I watch it now fascinated almost. Like from this like watching I guess a train wreck in my mind. Like I'm watching some weird thing. Like what is going on? <laughs> yes. Where they're like, like bringing up an Instagram photo from their vacation and being like, What is what's happening in this photo? And you're like, Who fucking cares? Yeah, it's weird. I wanna just get like stupid and funny on here. Right. Like I always enjoyed watching Conan. Back in the day, especially if he'd had a guest on that he knew was kind of spicy, but he would never like shame them. He'd always be like, oh, my God. Right. You're going to get me in trouble. We're in trouble. We're going to get canceled. But he would always have like a he never shamed him for ideas that they had or a funny joke or an opinion. Yeah. He he didn't really go that route, did he? He's still pretty funny, isn't he? Yeah. And I think he he, changed his format. He he adapted. He adapted. He realized what was going on. And he's like. This format is dead. I need to keep it to 30 minutes, like change everything. Podcast it. Yeah. yeah. Team it's Coco. More interesting. Team for Coco. For the win. <laughs> yeah. I love Conan. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out Conan. Yep. You're Please welcome. Please have us. You're welcome on <laughs> the podcast. Yeah. Have me back. I've been on Conan. You have? Oh, yeah. Twice. That's amazing. I actually did a panel on. I, I went, went over How to I the couch. That? I don't know, man. I've been doing this really? a long time. It might have been before I knew you. What? You were on the couch for Conan? Yeah, he invited me over and I talked. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Was great. that like for a, a second. Carson moment? Like come to the couch with Conan? Uh, kind of. Nice. I guess. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. Were you on, Le- you, you were on Leno too, right? Le- I was on Leno and I was Letterman five times. Wow. I it's was like that you, Mitch yeah. Hedberg joke though. It's like... You know that Mitch Hedberg joke about uh, late night talk shows? Like, who sees the like? It's like I'm Mitch Hedberg. You you you've seen me at the grocery store. Yeah. You know, <laughs> as opposed to on late night. I mean, I'm butchering that. He's funny when yeah. he says it. <laughs> Imagine that's funny and that. Right. No, like, it is. <laughs> you know, because it is true. It's weird. It's like. Oh yeah, I did. I did late night twice, and I both times I went to my day job like the next day. Yeah, it does. It's just like now the joke is you go do late night so you can get a really great tape. Right. Yeah. To That's use. Funny. But it does help on the road, like when club um, bookers well, welcome are welcome, Sarah. on yeah. James Corden. Or like they'll throw it on the website, and then people are like, "Oh, she must be. She's on." Like yeah. they. 
they get it. It used to mean it. something. It Not did. that I'm belittling no, what you did, but it but used to can, be like late night made or break, made or broke you. What happened? Yeah, made, made or break you. Yeah, make yeah. or break you. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't. It doesn't do shit anymore. I don't Not even really. think it gives you that much Twitter or Instagram followers. Right. I think doing a podcast, like I did, are you this garbage? One. Like this one too. Yeah. This one well, you are you hits. garbage? Was funny. That was that was a, fun. That was a good one. Yeah. What they 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 were great on like just having one thing to like focus in on. It's a smart concept. Yeah. I, I like it. It's fun. Yeah. And they were they were talking about your thing with drinking half and half and Phil, Philly, oh yeah, Philadelphia cream cheese. Oh my God, and strawberries. And strawberries. Yeah, my fat fuck and, dessert. And then you were yeah the fat fuck. And you're like spilling it all over you in the shower and stuff. Yes. You could That's relate, pretty, Poppy, but, right? Well, I can. I can because I sort of lean in towards that sort of keto yeah, yeah. thing. Like, oh, fat's okay. So I drink like full fat, like goat milk yogurt a lot. Oh, and I it's, love del- it. it's delicious. It's, it's a dessert. It's just like, and I'll sometimes drink like two or three big ones like in a night. Yeah. yeah. But the funny thing is like, I do no research on this. I just see one doc mm-hmm. and I'm like, this is what I'm I got to do. So I have my heart could just be enlarged. I have no idea. Right. <laughs> yeah. I know. I went down that rabbit hole too. Many rabbit holes. Yeah. It's always. fun. Are you still on it? The I, Yeah, I'm back on. I like fall off because it's when I, especially going to family, it's hard to explain. I just feel like I'm explaining an eating disorder to them. And so right. it's just easier for me to, you know, eat what everybody else is eating. Eat some carbs. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of being like, I don't. And also, I think, I don't know. Like, my sister's vegan and that I get annoyed with that. Right. Yeah. Why? <laughs> well, because you have to cater to it. Yeah. Then they have to mention it in every conversation. Yeah. And... You know, uh, that's it's not cliche. anything wrong. And I, I get it. I think it's a really good choice to make. Yeah. And I, I would like to go that route. I'm just, again, it's like l- out of laziness sometimes. It's a lot of work. I would just eat junk food if I went vegan. Yeah, I've tried that before. It, yeah. didn't, it didn't feel healthy after a while. It felt like I was like withering away. I yeah. know that, that'll probably get vegans mad if you say that, but... <laughs> Just that was my experience with it. And then you went yeah. all meat and you told me you felt great. Yeah, I did that. I did do the carnivore thing. Yeah. And that, yeah. That you got did. me on that and then I got gout and I bailed out. <laughs> Were you drinking though? No, it? no, it was just protein. Just like oh, meat, wow. meat, 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 meat. And then I got gout in my toe. I couldn't walk for like a week and I was like, I'm out. Yeah. Is that what you do? Carnivore? Uh, well, I, I incorporate vegetables, but I probably eat way too much cheese than I should. Mm-hmm. But I, um, and then they're like, you can have blueberries. And I think I eat the shit out of blueberries. <laughs> Those <Yeah>. are great. <laughs> they're so good. But I love heavy cream and I pretty much take sips out of it day long. Half and half. Yeah. Half and half and cream cheese. Yeah. When Flavored they, half When did half? the inspiration come to put cream cheese in it to amp it up? Like, well, I got a cookbook. Uh-huh. And, and that was one of the keto desserts. And I was like, well, I could do that. And I love milkshakes. And when I had the first one, I was just hooked. Right. It's so good. You yeah. blend it, right? You don't you just drop yeah. in the cream cheese chunk. <laughs> exactly. But you know what? At Katz's Deli, I don't know if they do it here, but I know in Houston, they have a cream cheese milkshake. And that's really good, too. And that's full of sugar. Right. Like, it's just a whole cheesecake with ice cream and some cream. 
Sounds delicious. delicious. It's amazing. <laughs> delicious. I love eating like fast food. I just like anything that's really bad for you. Yeah. Yeah. Why is that? I don't like have like when you're not eating bread and then you have bread or a little bit of bread ends up in what you're eating, your body knows right away and they're like this is what we've been waiting for this whole entire time yeah it no it just knows and i'm like this is what my heart desires and this is what i want i want to eat pizza every single day of the week at 2 a.m yeah. yes one dollar slice please. easily yeah i want to get back into a more disciplined routine that's my i'm i'm definitely doesn't it make you feel better though oh yeah yeah especially like yeah when you're like doing everything right and I don't know. It's hard to sustain it, though. It is hard. And then it's hard when you go and visit family and you feel like. Judged. I feel judged when I'm like, I don't want to eat any of the food that you've made for me. And I also want to do my workout routine when I want to do it at 10 o'clock, even though I know you guys have planned something else. But I just go with the flow. But it really. And I have fun. But at the same time, there's a part of me that um, I feel out of my skin because yeah. I've broken my root. I really like my routines. Well, is the, has the dynamic shifted in that you're kind of like, you know, achieving success and having like a, you know, successful marriage and all that as the dynamic shifted in your family of origin? Like my, like, fam- are you less of the black sheep now? Or are you still black sheepish? It's a role of a lifetime, they say. (laughs) Is it a role of a lifetime? It's a role of a lifetime, yeah. I don't know. You know, I sometimes think some of these things that we put on ourselves, we put, we do put on ourselves. Like, we, I think, I've been thinking about this a lot lately of like social constructs and that we can be our own prisons. Absolutely. By what we say to ourselves. So I feel I am the black sheep of the family, just of like drug and alcohol and then the path that I've taken. But I also have a stability that the others don't have as much, I think. Right. Like, right, I think out of the form, not that I think, I'm the only one that's married. Right. Yeah. So it is shifting a little bit. It does shift, yeah. Only three years. Let's not get ahead of ourselves here. <laughs> that's pretty good, though. <laughs> I just checked the box. I was married. I'm better than you guys. Oh Do you have any God. nieces or At nephews? One point, yes, I have um, two nieces. Well, one niece and one nephew. One's um, transitioning. Oh, really? Yeah. How old are they? Um, One's out of high school, just out, and then the other one's like 15. Oh, okay. Yeah. How's the family adjusting to the transitioning process? Good. We accept. Of course, we accept, and we'll we'll call you whatever you want us to call you by. We just want you to be happy, and that's generally always been the consensus in the family. That's cool. Yeah, my parents were always very open, liberal-minded. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, particularly now. I mean, it would be weird to like not accept it. You know, well, I remember like I grew up in Texas, in the suburb of Texas, and I remember my sixth grade music teacher. Everyone always had gay jokes about him. And I remember talking about it and, you know, going in on the joke. And then I remember my parents being like, I don't understand why you find that funny. And somebody's sexual orientation shouldn't be a joke. And it was just like, I'm so grateful right that i had because it could easily go the other way with like it's an abomination and you know the a negative connotation and i'm so happy that i had a family that knew not to have those thoughts yeah that's cool 
Are you close to your nieces? Uh, I wish I was a little bit closer, but I do. When I see them, we have a great time, and then I um, text them. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you text them. They're also at an age where they're doing their, their thing. Right. Yeah. I just want them to be happy. I see one on TikTok all the time, and we exchange on TikTok. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I hope you guys have kids. Yeah. That would be cool. Fingers crossed. The obvious <laughs> was the pandemic was a perfect time. To, I know. To, to well, it takes that. a long time. <laughs> Why? The per- my percentages are down. They say oh. something. I looked online. It it's is. like six percent at forty. My girlfriend gave birth at forty-one, and that was considered a miracle. It's like one to sixteen million chance. Uh, but it 42, happens a lot. Forty-two. The percentage, the actual biological percentage of getting pregnant, is not easy. Yeah. But not impossible. Not impossible because I know a lot of people that have. Well, can't you sort of induce it or something like that? Like if you go to a fertility It's doctor. expensive. You can't. Really it's really expensive. expensive. And also it's. Like $15,000 or more. It causes tension. And oh. I figured, yeah. you know, it'll be great if we can. And if, if we don't, then it's just that's the way it is. And I've accepted that. You right. could adopt. Or you could get a puppy. It's hard to adopt. <laughs> it's hard, <laughs> hard to, to yes, adopt. everything is hard. Yeah, it's hard yeah. to adopt. But if you really want a, a kid, then, you know, there's ways. That's true. Or we could kidnap. Mm, mm. That's cancelable. <laughs> you definitely get canceled on that. Guys, I'm not going to kidnap. All right. Just that, to, that was a joke. She's to a take comic. that back. <laughs> so you had like uh, an interesting story with like uh, your neighbors getting murdered or something like that when you were growing up. Yeah, yeah. That's, I. That's interesting. <laughs> it is interesting. <laughs> well, it's weird because a lot of, you know, people always like think about like, oh, growing up in the city must be dangerous. And I'm like, I don't know. The suburbs is, has a dark undertone that I think most people aren't aware of. But like. God, I, the neighborhood, the town that I grew up in, it was called Kingwood, the Livable Forest. And it was an affluential middle class, upper middle class, lower middle class. Um, George Foreman's family, he grew like raised his family there. Um, so it, it was a well-to-do neighborhood. And then my the neighbors four houses down in the middle of the night in 86 were bludgeoned to death by some rando. Mm. And he admitted to it. Eight hours later, he said he threw the crowbar in the lake and they found the crowbar and he's still in prison now. But it was one of those things where you're like, you think I always thought thought like I was safe. And then that really like instilled horrific fear in me. Yeah, the boogeyman was right next door. Every night I throw from there, even to this day, I walk into my apartment. I always check behind the shower curtain. I look under the bed. Mm. I would throw my stuffed animal at the curtain all the time to make sure there's nobody hiding behind there. I remember running late at night like on to get upstairs, running by the window because I was always afraid there was somebody out there. Like It just like shakes your what you think is safe where you're like nothing's safe anymore right how old were you when that happened i was in second grade i know it was like when space balls came out because we went to go watch may the schwartz be with (laughs) you to get your mind to get our mind off of it yeah Yeah. jews in space yeah (laughs) it worked it was it was pretty great but yeah it was like and it was 
no rhyme or reasoning to it. it wasn't it was just a an a random act that happened. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. And he never explained why it was, or was it? It was no. just random. Just random. Sort of Charlie Manson style. Yeah, he was another kid from a family that also grew up in Kingwood, and he came from a big family, and apparently, from what I gathered, he had some mental issues, but that was about it. Yeah. Are you, so you're in therapy too, huh? Yeah, I was, but then I stopped with a uh, pandemic because I wasn't making... I wasn't having income coming in, but I actually made more money doing unemployment than I did doing stand-up. So right. I should have probably gone back. Yeah. Did you uh, get a lot of benefit from that? Therapy? Yeah. yeah. I think he helped with my... Um, I'd still like to go, but it's just so expensive, even though he was on a sliding scale. Um, and then I think I overpriced myself because <laughs> he was like, whatever you feel comfortable with and then I was like a hundred a week which is pretty good for therapy but for me I was like that's still a lot but then why didn't you just say to him hey I no longer feel comfortable with a hundred a week <laughs> that would like, be a therapy thing to talk about it would be a therapy thing to talk about but it seems like such a weird for one meeting one session a one, once a week yeah for like an hour and 40 50 45 minutes, minutes. Oh, 50 minutes. Yeah, it's never the full Half. I mean, that's what they, that's what that's the going rate for come on for, uh, you <laughs> that know. sounds like a lot to me that's a cost effective therapist actually mm. I yeah mean, some well, people pay like hundreds and hundreds oh, of dollars easily for the yeah he's great but like and he does he's very charitable and he likes to give back to the community but he's he works a lot with comics and he's been doing it for years and i think he was good of like you know i think as a comic or an artist you feel like maybe you're not doing things right and he made me learn to accept like that's not your process and you that's not how things are and yeah 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 i heard you talking with, with the joe with joe about like yeah if you have a day of procrastination you don't do much you just have to go like well that's what i could do today yeah yeah that's all that's all i could do today was just my day to chill yeah i went to a, i went to a therapist in new york a long time ago but then i found out he was like i found out he was like into speed balls <laughs> and he would like nod out i think but like behind me and i remember he had like a situation where he was telling me about this girl he met online a, a woman he was an older guy and he said it's perfect. It's it's going to be great. The only thing we need to know that we don't know is if our fa our pheromones match up or not. That's really important. Oh, and I just yeah. thought that was such like a weird thing for him to talk to me about. Well, <laughs> who's, who's getting the therapy here? <laughs> like, you yeah, or him? <laughs> like you're talking to me about pheromones and stuff. It's kind of weird. But his whole thing was life is miserable unless you're kind of in love and in a relationship. That's weird. Yeah. I don't know. Because it's like, well, not everyone gets that. And I think it's really hard to find it. Yeah. And in, sometimes in order to get it, you also have to compromise a lot. And I just think, I think we put so much weight thinking that these people know more than we do. And I think a lot of the times they don't. And you just want to find somebody that's just right for you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm looking for somebody now. I, I feel like I'm at that stage where... I have a lot going on and I need to talk to somebody. Not bad. It's all good stuff, but it's just like I'm I'm feeling that lately. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm in I'm shopping. I'm therapist shopping right now. Okay. 
Yeah, I think I found a guy. I only know one. But I, I could introduce you to some uh, a woman I know. Okay. A friend of the family who is a therapist. Oh, yeah? I think I want to go to a dude, though. All right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. This guy's into Tai Chi, too. So <laughs> I want to get into Tai Chi and therapy. Tai Chi sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you working on with the YouTube channel? What's like, what's the next move with that in terms of like, what's, what's your uh, inspiration coming, you know, moving forward? What do well, you want to make films about? I want, well, I'm going to put my special on and it right. should be ready soon. Uh, but I, I want to create short films and I want to submit them to festivals and I want to put them on my channel and then eventually put my own movies on my channel. Like, Com comedy sort of things yeah some comedies i have one horror film idea that i want to do are we talking about like full-on movies or like little 15 minute things or i think it well i think i'd write a full movie but i'd like i would definitely shoot just 15 minutes because i think that's doable and financially if you um, need a videographer i'm free okay yeah i never know like i never know who to ask uh but yeah, I think you can submit that into festivals and there's so many festivals and I think that's, um, I don't know, it always sounds like they need more female filmmakers. So, yeah. and I like it and I like film and I like editing and I like creating an idea and putting it on screen. What do you shoot with? I just do my iPhone right now. Yeah, that's good enough. <laughs> I mean, some of it, it works. It, it works. works. I'm we like, shot a music video with yeah, with my iPhone. Yeah. A lot of people do. And it looks great. I know. I wish my sound was a little bit better, but like you can like Well, you got sound filters. is the most important thing. Yeah. More than the video. I agree. Cuz I think especially with comedy, all you want to do is just get the joke across and make right. like you also, with the sweet editing techniques, you can make something look really great. Like yeah. Beyonce made a video on her iPhone, and I thought it looked amazing. Right. And it's still captivating. Sometimes I think, um, like videos that get or movies that get so hot, like CGI or too fancy, kind of lose out on like the fun story aspect of it. Yeah, people concentrate on the wrong thing with that, the yeah. technicalities and stuff. I've, I'm guilty of that. I like I was getting ready to do my YouTube channel and I went out and bought <laughs> a million cameras. tons of like really like expensive camera gear and stuff like that. And then I never did it. Every yet. day he would. Come I haven't back. done it I yet. I changed yeah. it for this one. I but, changed it for this. No, one. I get it because you want to and you feel like you need to. But then I feel like. It just gets in my way, and the easiest thing for me to film is my iPhone, and so... It's not the gear, it's what you do with it. Yeah, I think you can create something still pretty nice yeah. with just an iPhone. But Absolutely. invest in audio. Yeah. Invest. Rode have these small, little, square, wireless uh, microphone and receiver that plugs into your phone, and it'll take your stuff to the next level. Yeah, for, it does. For sure, and it's so easy. And it's not as difficult as you want, and it takes another 10 minutes to set up and maybe a $150 investment, but it'll change what you're doing. Yeah, I, w I do need to look at that because I was like, I was like, I should maybe get some lavaliers yeah, or something. Yeah, no, I'm, it's like, it's day and night. Yeah. It's, it's day and night, and if you're putting out content, audio is more important than yeah. video. And just don't do it otherwise. Well, I just figured that like, if I was getting so good that somebody wanted to do that, an actual videographer would be like, I'd love to work with you and then right. we can start talking. But I just feel like, 
oh, I got to get this and I got to learn how to do this. I'm like, I'm never going to get it done. I'll talk with you after. I'd love to work with you. (laughs) But it's so simple to do it it on yourself. I had a question since he's in the bathroom. You you did get into into the cellar, right? Yeah, I got past. Uh, it's so, just like, I, I so don't know. So I ask every comic that comes down here because it fascinates me. What was your process with Esty? Like, when did you, how did your audition go? Or when did you, when were you in? Like, how long did it take you that process? That, well, I've been wanting to get in there for a long time, but it's so hard because like, you know, I never want to put a comic in a weird position for to like you have to be vouched for. Oh, is that how it works? Yeah, you usually have to get like several recommendations and by like pretty substantial people or people that she trusts, what I gather. And Joe is the only one. And who's going to I'm sorry, and I ha- I'm guilty of this too, but when somebody's like, "Hey, can my wife audition or a husband? Like, are you really going to take them seriously that they're a comic?" Right. Like no one's like, "Oh, you know what I mean?" Like He was the only one that would vouch for you? No. Well, I got fortunate cuz at the time like week at the cellar at Comedy Central and I worked from him and they had put my name in there and so that that's how I got uh, to into the audition. Audition and I did it during brunch, which I don't think most people get to, but it was like the I guess the only opening at such a short notice. And I did it and I went after Mateo, which was I was nervous about because that guy we fucking destroys. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he was on the podcast. Yeah, he's great. He's funny. And uh, yeah, you're like, he's such a big act to follow. And it's like, you know, you get worried about that. And so and I was just told, just do your tried and true. So I did my tried and true and I did really well. And so she booked me and I got spots. So you're in. I was in. Yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah. Yeah. He told us the story of how she called him over. It was really funny. That's oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Mine his his like, audition is very funny. Yeah, mine was just like your run of the mill. I think what most people You're get. making her feel bad. No, well, <laughs> she's no, in. Well, like, she's in. Mateo told us. <laughs> well, that no, he, I, like, she threw roses at his feet and uh, said, you're just, my favorite. He just imitated her. That's all right. His, his impression of her was <laughs> yes. very funny. Yes. What advice would you give to y- young comedians or people who want to like step into that world of stand-up? Because it is such an intimidating thing to do. Like For most people, that's a, it's a terrifying thing. Oh, for like doing seller? Yeah, like? or no, just in general. Like if you're oh, yeah. starting out, like for for people that are just listening who haven't yet ever done it. <laughs> Asking like what? for a friend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know, because I actually do have low-key ambitions that I want to yeah. do that kind of thing. Someday. Be honest, Poppy. It's okay. Yeah. What advice would you give? I always say, I'll just say, go to your open mic, go up as much as you can. And then I also, I also try to tell people, look, you're not going to be the worst person that goes up that night at an open mic. So just well, go somebody's going to be the worst. Well, somebody is, but not somebody if you, is. And maybe it's the person asking you. But rarely. Yeah. If you have somewhat of a decent head on your shoulders and come in with some thoughts, mm-hmm. then, uh, yeah, just start going to the open mics. And I sometimes I actually think, like, don't even worry about writing jokes write out your thoughts and just talk about those because i think you'll find your point of view that way easier and be, learn how to be captivating yeah like you can just you can talk people can talk about their day and i still find it fascinating even if there's not a joke to it it's true it's still funny yeah i think we like watching 
we like watching each other. Yeah, like if you figure out a way to tell me how you're problem solving in your brain yeah. on stage do your day-to-day life, that'll be funnier than most things anyone will ever do. Yeah. Because your thoughts are like unusual. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, and then, like I like that style, just sort of the improv improv improvisation and just like sort of speaking your mind out loud it, yeah. and i like leaning into awkwardness too yeah any like weird moments anything that in your mind that's like huh that's weird yeah just say it just say why it's weird and figure out why it why it's weird and what about the school of comedy that's more like i guess like mark norman like where it's like just joke 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 or you know just or like anthony jesselneck it's like those are great if you can do it, but I yeah. think it's a lot harder to come up with more material that way than um, creating like, you know, thoughts and ideas. Yeah. I like the, I mean, I love jokes, but I also feel like at the 20 minute mark, if you have like four joke setups that are very similar and you keep going through it, your audience is going to get tired. Right. I think you have to figure out a way to be uh, more dynamic on stage or figure out like longer joke formats. Premises. Yeah. Yeah. Switch it up. I remember this was weird. Like you, because you do it all the time, you think you know everything about it. But one time I went to Moon Tower because Joe was there and my brother, my family lives in, most of them live in Austin. My brother loves stand up. So we got him, we got him to get to go in and it was at the theater in, in uh, Austin and I noticed it was so weird I sat in the crowd like a regular audience person which I haven't done in ages and all the comics that stood still they were doing about 15 minutes I was getting so sleepy that I realized you have to have some movement and some like inflection in your voice right you got to keep uh the audience like you know, wake. Mo- wake. You do. And I'm, I'm not saying that they're not funny. I just realized and when you're in a theater setting like that, you have to be more dynamic. Yeah, you have to bring energy. Yeah, yeah. Even if you're like, I don't know, uh, subtle or dry, you can still bring energy with dry. Yeah. Yeah. Podcasting is similar. You got to bring energy. Yeah. I'm like, I'm more like aware of that. I want to bring more energy. You know, it's like uh, I, I sometimes watching like Logan Paul's podcast or those guys, they like they bring a lot of energy. Can you ima- like think how tired you would be, though, if right. that like trying to be that way, if that's not you. Right. I think about that, like I look at like Eliza Schlesinger. She does a lot of act outs in her show. And I was like, if I try to do that, I would have to take like serious naps right after. What's an act out? <laughs> like doing dinosaur noises. Right. Impressions or, constantly. Impressions. She's, she's really funny. A lot of facial getting down on the ground. Yelling. Like, exerting energy. You're like, that is I, that is not in my wheelhouse. And that's right. not how I am a lot of times. I'll, I'll do it if I think that the joke calls for it but like i get impressed with those kind of performers yeah yeah i guess joe rogan's like that too he goes full i mean i remember watching him in houston years ago when it was during his fear factor yeah that room was torn up like just paper every you know what i mean like the chairs were out of place like people lost their shit because (laughs) he just would give 
like 110 percent yeah yeah rock star energy it was you're like this is like arena shit yeah well yeah. that's where he wound up yeah stadiums <laughs> what about like uh are, are you guys thinking about making an exodus out of nyc are you gonna or queens are you staying are you gonna go to texas and be a part of the <sighs> comedy revolution that's gonna happen there with Chappelle and joe rogan and, and all those and i guess tim dylan now yeah yeah well i'm just i love austin they always have like in every 10 years they're the hot city to go to and i just feel like things go back to normal again and um i get it though like New York and L.A. aren't very conducive for an artist's lifestyle. It's actually, I think they're ridiculous. Yeah. To be this expensive. And also, they don't make it easy to do things sometimes. Like, So I get why people leave. And if you're podcasting, I th why spend so much money yeah. on real estate when you could move into it and have a really nice place in a cheaper city that has stuff going on jersey city yeah. yeah it's becoming yeah less and less important as to i think where you are yeah because you know, so much is on youtube and the internet and everything like that now that's the whole game really yeah and i i like no one who i don't really feel like a lot of people watch that much tv no. i don't watch that much tv all of it's streaming I haven't even turned. I just moved like a couple months ago, and I still haven't turned my TV on. Yeah, I just you know you just look at your phone. Yeah, you just like I just watch from the apps on the TV, and then I also am like, I don't know what managers and agents are gonna do. Maybe booking agents, but like, I don't know what they're going to do. Like, we keep creating our own stuff for us. It's getting more and more that way too, with the whole sort of nft revolution non-fungible oh, yeah. tokens <laughs> still figuring well you can you can tokenize like say your sort of youtube special you could to make a token of that and so it becomes another revenue stream for you that doesn't affect at all the current revenue stream so it's just an additional revenue stream on ev okay. on everything yeah yeah which is great i mean getting somebody to buy it as a token that's the that's the card trick i guess but yeah i saw that what kings of leon are doing that yeah they I, did it but like so you have to go to a place to get a token well you can go to open c is an open is an open uh format for it there's other ones like nifty gateway which you have to get on kind of a waiting list and it's a curated site but there's ones like open c and rarible where you can you know create a token so you could even take like little clips of your comedy special like a, a like a, a specific segment of it and make multiple tokens of it on OpenSea. and the gas fees are a lot so it's ethereum based i don't know if but i, I know you're anti-crypto I'm not anti-crypto, like, <laughs> but it's Ethereum-based, so so you, the gas fee to to mint a token is a lot. So it's like a hundred bucks per time you do it. But on OpenSea, you can create um, a whole. Uh, this may be complicated, but you can create a whole series and just pay one gas fee. So you could break up your special and create tokens uh, like make 10 segments of your special and create tokens and just pay one gas fee and, and put it up you should do that i mean if you did that now you'd be like cutting edge yeah but here's the thing like i think you uh, all that stuff that you explain like 
anytime I'm going to Panera and they're like, do you want to uh, get a Panera card? I'm like, sure, that sounds great. And they're like, okay, all you have to do is go home and mm-hmm. activate it. And I'm like, never mind. Right. <laughs> Just fucking have it activated. I know. <laughs> I can never do that either. Yeah. I'm like, You'll no, get the, next, the discount next time. I'm not <laughs> doing it. like, no, thank you. Every time I go to Rite Aid, it's like I feel like I shame myself because it's like, do you have a Rite Aid card? And I'm like, no. I just don't want to do that extra step. So I feel like explaining. I got movie pass for my dad and he could not grasp the concept of it. What's, and what's movie pass? Remember movie pass? Yeah. Like you paid a $7 a month and you can watch any you amount of movies. You can go every Tuesday or something for free and you could go any matinee for free. And But you have to go on an, your app and you have to like set it up through the app through several different like submission pages and it's easy for me and you but for my dad that was like too much well the difference is with the panera thing you're getting what 10 percent off of the sandwich (laughs) so the motivation is low but with the nft world you could potentially make millions of dollars yeah what was it Grimes has sold six million? Yeah, on her digital art. Yeah, Elon probably bought that. <laughs> that was an inside job. Well, the first guy that did it was Blau, this uh, DJ artist, and he did it with an album that's three years old, and in one night he auctioned it off for eleven point seven million dollars. That's he, crazy. And he had like forty thousand Instagram followers. I mean, he wasn't huge. Yeah, he was yeah. Popular DJ, but still, it's it's wild. It's wild the potential there. I mean, for artists of all walks of life, it's I think a great thing. It's a bubble, but once it bursts, it will still be. It'll be like uh, you know the internet. It's not going to go away. So, what, are you saying that like if they buy your art, it's kind of like buying a share that there's potential of it going up in money? Absolutely. Okay. It's, it's a, well, it's a tradable. It's me. a tradable asset. Collectors it, item. Yeah. And people like to collect. That's what people don't get it. Like, why? I don't understand it. Like, why does this JPEG sell for? six hundred thousand dollars if anybody can have it but what they have is the asset that's associated that with could it. go up in price as time goes by right right it's just it's it's an extension of the fact that we're all kind of living more and more in our phones or the metaverse yeah you I know get that. and and as virtual reality like we're going to have virtual homes and we're going to want to hang virtual art and have virtual comedy shows in our virtual homes so that's, that's where already you, that, that's your lane yeah yeah you well know? wasn't there was a black mirror that i really liked i forgot what it was called it's about uh if when you die you're just as an external hard drive and you can go anywhere that you want and i yeah. actually feel like that's probably where we're going to seems like it. yeah our heaven will just be an algorithm that we've logged into yeah the social uh what, what's it called social credit that social credit thing is is really unnerving. What's that? It's like what I guess is going on in China, where it's like it is Black Mirrorish, where it's like you get a social credit score. Like, oh god, it would be so bad. It's like I know. Yelping I feel your like friends, I would right? be terrible too. Yeah. I feel like my social credit score is low. <laughs> well, <laughs> nowadays everything's a popularity contest. I know that's the drag. Yeah, that's the thing that I I need a break from. Yes. Like I just. <laughs> You know, yeah. I just it, it, every day can't be a popularity contest. No, and it's not just in the world that we live in. Like I saw this thing saying that most promotions within businesses don't happen because you're doing an amazing job. It's because they know and just like you. Right. 
So I wish I was more likable. Yeah, I think you're likable. <laughs> oh, thank you. I guess I was fishing for that. <laughs> yeah, Score. but it's it's a trip, man. Uh, yeah, that's the part of it that it's just like, uh, I need to that that pushes me into spirituality though, because if you yeah. if you can't sort of like divert your attention into sort of that popularity contest, that social media and everything, then where do you go from there? You go into the yoga and the meditation and you get with the I am. Yeah. You know, where you're, we're all equally popular with, with the I am consciousness. True. But then yeah. are we just doing that? Cause we're not popular. Yes. <laughs> 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 but it's like that thing. Blessed are the meek, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, so blessed are the unpopular. That's the new, that's the new blessed are the meek. Yeah. Where, you know, <laughs> It's such a burden. <laughs> Once you're popular, then you're always having to create. Well, that's it too. I've had, yeah. you know, I've had some moments. It's been it's been a bit now, but like, you know, where you're kind of up on top a little bit and then all of a sudden you're like that's like a fear-based place to be because it's like I got to keep Yeah. That's the thing with being an artist or a comedian or an entertainer. It's it, it is like you're always applying for the job. Yeah, you're you it sucks. You're. It feels like you're always trying to appease a gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. That's why I have to say in the beginning of pandemic, and even a little bit right now, I'm. I. I have a little bit of fear coming back out again because I was actually really enjoying, not just doing stuff for myself. Yeah, I think yeah. a lot of people have like discovered that. Yeah. You know, and so I think things will shift in a in a maybe a positive way, but it's like yeah, you're always a, appealing to a gatekeeper, but in this day and age you're the gatekeeper yeah it's really that up you to have you. to appeal to but it's like so tiring sometimes i want to just be like can i just get discovered <laughs> like in <laughs> right. the 70s yeah <laughs> like i'm just tired yeah yeah can't somebody just do this for me <laughs> can't somebody just launch the these nfts for me do yeah. i really have to figure this out tomorrow's a year to the pandemic by the way to the lockdown oh really yeah Oh yeah, I film. I did my album like on the ninth, and then I think the thirteenth or the fifteenth. What's your special called? Um, it's called Voluptuous Boy. Voluptuous Boy. What's that mean? Um, just a fat kid. But wh- where'd the title? What's oh, the, what's the story oh, behind I was the at, title? It was um, I was at a bowling alley uh, for Christmas before pandemic, and there was like it was a bunch of kids there. And this kid did lose his shoe and he was overweight. And that was the only descriptor I had for him. Like the manager of the place was like, do you know what kid was just crying? And I didn't want to say fat fat one. So right. I was like, oh, I think it was that voluptuous boy. That's worse, by the over way. The way. <laughs> if, if I was a Is voluptuous, it? I'd rather be called a fat boy than a voluptuous I like boy. voluptuous. I don't know what it means. So I'm Curvy. Going, Usually it means it's like, yeah, tits. Oh, okay. I don't know tits that. It ass. feminizes the boy in, in, in a way. Oh, yeah. yeah, but Why? Because you said feminizing well, is why is feminizing a I'm just, now I'm, I'm just, just saying, getting into shit. I, I know, but I'm saying as a as tread a, lightly, Pop. Yeah. God, we have to tread lightly all the time. As a guy, I'm just saying I'd rather be called chubby than voluptuous. I gotcha. Voluptuous yeah. or athletic. I yeah. Well, I don't know what a, a positive term for a fat guy is. Uh, that handsome boy, spirited. Spirited. <laughs> yeah, we get when we get brave. It was the spirited kid, you know, the one that 
is passionate about food. Yeah. Passionate. It's passionate. Yeah, yeah, no. Passionate. Yeah. Passionate about food is great. That is great. Yeah. Calorically passionate. Yes. Maybe that. I'll do that next time. <laughs> well, what else? I mean, did we cover? I think it? We yeah, covered we covered everything. We covered, covered more it. than I thought we'd cover. It was how a long great have we been going? Like two all, hours, all, almost two. A little shy of two. That's that's flew, amazing. It flew by. I could just talk forever because I've been alone for. Yeah. Do you know what what I mean? do you mean? You got Joe. I he, got Joe. I got Joe. Apparently, Uh-oh. he's not a big talker, Poppy. <laughs> well, today we were sh- shooting stuff, but there are times where like it is weird. I don't know if it's just podcasting, but I feel like I can just talk about whatever because. There's so much shit happening. Are you on Clubhouse? No. Do you want an invite? I'll get, I did one Clubhouse. I don't. Un, I. It just sounds like a podcast room. Twenty four seven. It is. It's like I. I like feel this new pressure that I should be on there, kind of. Uh, yeah. Making like making connections, like yeah. every and you know, and it's like I'm laying there going like oh, I can't do it right now. And what are you talking? Well, that's the thing. You I just w- listen. Yeah, I could listen. Yeah. Uh, what other <laughs> topics that other people are talking and just. I go to the NFT room and learn about NFTs, okay. basically. There's got to be a co- comedian one where yeah. comics just hang out and talk shop. Talk shop. Yeah. Do you go on? A lot of comics are doing uh, twitching, playing like video games. Do you, do you and Joe partake? I don't play video games, but I did look into Twitch. For the film festival thing that I do, yeah, but it's, it's I don't know a how to really prominent work platform. It. Yeah, it sounds like it's just like when I was reading about that. What's his name? Myers Leonard, the the Jew hating, <laughs> the Jew hating <laughs> basketball player. Um, it's from Twitch, and I'm sure people that oh, like right. work on Miami Heat are like, okay, what is Twitch now? Should there's so Twitch much. There's stuff. so many. Yeah, we should. We should do uh, so much that account. we yeah. don't do. It's hard. And that's the thing. It's like do, there's it's so hard. there's so it's many hard. lanes, and it's like you. There's so many ways for you to like shame yourself for not doing enough nowadays. Oh it's yeah. Like, I should be doing this. Listen, I should. You do music. YouTube. I we film this. I edit it. I I do the whole thing. Set it up. I also have my other shooting that i do oh you're amazing and there's like there's by the way i love you there's so much uh, there's not enough time to do it all i can't i can't i can't can't. so we do what we can yeah and and we've done a lot here tonight support us on patreon like and subscribe (laughs) like and subscribe subscribe on youtube and give all your shout outs give all your things follow me on subscribe to me to youtube and then instagram at stalamash and then tiktok at stalamash and what's the uh, YouTube handle. It's just Sarah Talamash. Yeah, Talamash. you gotta you gotta promote it though. Yeah. Talamash. Talamash. Spell it for him. S A R A H T O L L E M A C H E. You passed the. Not, I would get. I think. Not Talamanche. Talamash. I think you should have got at least a twelve hundred on your SAT. I know for yeah. the name alone. For the name alone. Right on. We'll give you an honorary twelve hundred. <laughs> right, Sarah. From from us. Well, guys, this is been a lightning. Let me plug one other thing. Sarah will be at City Winery on April 5th for the first return of Monday Night Comedy. Hey, I got a a gig in April. Oh, right. Plug it. April. I I have it in my calendar. I don't know which one it is. I have it. Joe will be at the newly opened City Winery on April 8th, which is a Thursday. So write something on the dressing room. I will. Say hi, I, Joe. Like a Q and A message. Yeah, Q and A. Oh, really? You <laughs> got me. You got message. me pegged for Q and A. No. <laughs> no, I was watching. 
the Britney Spears doc, and then I watched. I a did little too. Bit. It was fascinating. But it's very QAnon. Everyone's like trying to decipher messages with Instagram posts, and then Ugh. I watched the Stanley Kubrick doc- documentary before I came here, and it was the same thing happening. Like he put this upside down, and it means this, did and the, he's he about a pedophile moon. ring, and oh man. It's too much. But did you know it about her much. situation? It's insane. I Hers? Yeah. Yeah. But Forget here's the, the QAnon. What actually happened to her is insane. Well, you have to watch this. Are crazy. I never saw it. It's a weird topic, but we can. Here's what I'm mad about, just, though, just real quick. I know we're wrapping this up, but like <laughs> the fuck. I just excuse my friend. Sorry. Well, no, the Harry and Meghan thing. Uh, or, yeah, so oh, yeah, so yeah. everyone's talking about it. So I go on YouTube. Oh, let me check out this interview. Me I can't, too. I couldn't find I can't, it. It's not there. And then it's like, it's just like, uh, you know, the sort of like uh, people talking about the interview. I'm like, and then, uh, and I talked to Keith today, my manager, and he's like, oh, yeah, it's because it's on CBS, this, that. I know. I'm like, where's the guy that filmed his TV, though, and posted (laughs) that? Like, why isn't that up? Where's the bootleg version? Where's the bootleg interview? (laughs) I want to see. Subway, they're selling it. Somebody (laughs) tape that interview and put it on YouTube. I'll get you a A download from somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Did you watch that? No, I did. I, I I wanted to, but I don't know. I don't really feel like it's, it's too much of a commitment, too much work. Big of a problem. Have you ever heard a ho'opono pono? No, it's not. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. No. It's a Hawaiian mantra. Oh, that's sweet. It's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna leave you with that because Thank you. it's uh it helps you sort of just like. Uh, forgive if you're in a tense situation with somebody and you apply that mantra mm. really helps it does yeah, yeah. I it love allows you, you to I'm, empathy yeah. yeah it wakens that up I don't know why I felt the need to tell you that but <laughs> I don't yeah I just Thank did you. if we push another four minutes we'll hit two hours but no um, <laughs> we got this <laughs> we got this it's all good alright thank you Sarah thanks thank guys you, Sarah. this was fun this what, did you enjoy it I did okay good nice tell your husband because we want to have him on yeah definitely I'll let him know <laughs> Joe List will also be at the winery April 5th as well as Mark Norman uh, Cypher Sounds and Will Silva shout out Cypher shout out Will thank you good night good night Hi, this is Joseph Arthur. Thanks for checking out Come to Where I'm From. Please support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash come to where I'm from. We are an independent podcast and any contributions you can make are greatly appreciated.